Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett. And I'm Brian Colbert Kennedy. And Teddy's not here today because it's raining and he's a lowrider and he's not a fan of the rain. There's always some reason he's not um, here. Hey, this is the podcast where we dive into a specific topic or question affecting everyone on the planet right now or in the next 10 years. Uh, if it can kill us or turn us into CRISPR robots, we're in. Our guests are scientists, doctors, engineers, politicians, astronauts, even a reverend. Uh, and we work towards... Uh, action steps our listeners can take with their voice, their vote, and their dollar. This week's episode asks, mm-hmm. what's the deal with the Green New Deal? Can you do that in your Seinfeld voice? <laughs> no, no. Do it. <laughs> what's the deal with the Green New Deal? That's great. Pretty good. Yeah, perfect. Uh, our guest is Varshini Prakash, and she is a founder of the Sunrise Movement, the veritable army of young people fighting to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. Uh, You may have seen her in places like Nancy Pelosi's office stirring shit up. (laughs) Uh, She's wonderful. She is wildly well-spoken, funny, uh, and she's, I don't know, 10 years younger than me and already just just embarrassing the shit out of what I've done (laughs) with my life. No, she's incredible and should be in charge of everything uh, and had an absolute blast talking to her. Yeah. I think this is, we we are clearly not the first to talk to her. She doesn't need us or anyone else. <laughs> uh, that's very clear. But I do think uh, maybe one of the most instrumental people in, uh, no exaggeration, in American politics over the next year and a half. Uh, and saving the planet, which sometimes you grow up and that's turns out that's what you have to do. Yeah. Huh. You know? So I'm excited about it. I hope everyone else enjoys this kick-ass conversation with uh, Varshini Prakash. Let's go talk to her. Okay. Our guest today is Varshini Prakash, and together we're going to ask, what's the deal with the new Green Deal? Uh, Varshini, welcome. Hi, it's great to be here. We are very, very happy to have you. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, uh, just let our listeners know who you are and what you're doing. Sure. So my name is Varshini Prakash. I am based in Boston, Massachusetts, and I am the executive director and one of the co-founders of Sunrise Movement, uh, which has exploded on the stage in the last couple of months. And we are building an army of young people to stop the climate crisis and create millions of good jobs for our generation. Into it. Yes. Uh, how did this whole thing come about? Where, when did you decide to, 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 to carry the banner and, and start stirring shit up? Yeah, we're about a year and a half old, so haven't been around for that long, but we uh, launched in July of 2017, um, and it really started about a year before that. There were a number of us, about 12 young people from all across the youth climate sphere, uh, folks who were like leading youth delegations to UN climate conferences, uh, people who were starting some of the first fossil fuel divestment campaigns on college campuses. That was actually what Mm -hmm. I got started with all my organizing in and more. And we were just looking at the world around us and seeing these storms and floods and fires getting bigger and badder and more fearsome and seeing our politics stagnate incredibly and not seeing our politicians taking the crisis as seriously as it seems like most of our generation was feeling it in our hearts and souls. Um, So at that time, I remember it was 2015, I... uh, a really horrible series of floods, climate field floods hit Chennai, India, where my family's from. And I remember seeing all these horrific images of just like women and children walking chest deep in water. And uh, like the, I remember visiting like a year and a half later and the stench of sewage and garbage was still present. Like thousands sure. of people had been displaced, hundreds killed. Um, and I was just looking around being like, what the hell? Like people shouldn't have to live in fear of losing their homes or the people that they love due to crises that are preventable and caused by like rich old white dudes uh, half mm-hmm. a globe away. Yeah, they're, they've they've wow. they've ruined everything. Um, so uh, t- tell me a little uh, the the people in your crew, sort of your your Captain Planet esque crew, uh, saving the world. What, what's the average age there? What are we talking about? Because to Brian, young people could mean anything under. <laughs> 60. Anything. Yeah. I mean, we do define it pretty widely. Like I, there are seven-year-olds in Sunrise and there are 40-year-olds in Sunrise. And we're like, yep, you're all young. Oh. Yeah. So wide range there. And also, you know, there's a lot of young at heart folks as well, as we like to call them, who are a part of our movement too. Um, so like Quinn. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I, look, young and hard. My body's just—it's so t- I'm so tired. I know. Um, I've never what, actually what, seen your face, Quinn. So you know, you could really say that. You know what? Let's just—we're good. It's a—it's a face for radio. Okay. But yeah, so we—we we, our average age when we launched. Uh, the oldest among us, I think, was 26. So we're all in our 20s, um, but we have tons of people in our movement who are teenagers, high schoolers, middle schoolers, and uh, you know, people who who are working as well. That's awesome. So, are you born and raised in India? Were you born here? What's your what's your heritage there? Yeah, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. I was, you know, all those like revolutionary towns outside of Boston, places oh, where yeah. like, fire off muskets every summer and things like that. that <laughs> I'm was from my... Colonial Williamsburg, so you don't oh, have to, I, I'm nice. aware. Yes, yeah. you know the deal. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so speaking of Williamsburg, I actually like went to school out in um, Western Massachusetts as well at UMass Amherst, which is where I really got involved in uh, organizing on climate. And uh, I, so born and raised here, but am the, the child of two South Indian immigrants. So okay. really, um, yeah, their story and, and our family ha- have, have been back and forth to India a lot. And that's impacted almost every aspect of my organizing. Hey, India's having a tough time. I mean, the heat up north, uh, you know, farmers committing just mass suicide. Yeah. It's just incredible. And we're, again, yeah. we're just getting started. Which pollution, is it's wild. Totally. Water wars. There were like 41 million people who were affected um, by flooding last last year. And or I guess it's not last year anymore, but 2017. I mean, at the same time that it was like the costliest year on record uh, in the United States for disasters caused by the climate crisis. Yikes. Incredible. Um, all right, great. So we have uh, we have uh, a little intro, which is great, and we'll get into this. Um, uh, quick reminder for, for everyone, uh, our goal is to provide quick context for uh, the question or the topic at hand, uh, and then dig into some uh, action-oriented steps uh, 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 and action-oriented questions that can get to the heart of why we should give a shit about it and what all of us, uh, uh, Quinn and I and our listeners and everybody can do about it. Um, so, uh, we like to start with one important question, uh, and, and it's something to sort of set the tone a little bit, even though I guess we've done that a little bit, uh, instead of saying, tell us your whole life story, we like to ask, uh, why are you vital to the survival of the species? Why am I personally or sunrise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you as a human being, you be bold, be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. Oh, wow. What a great question. Well, um, let's see. Well, okay. Here's what it is. I think what Sunrise and what I specifically, you know, help Sunrise, start Sunrise, so I can talk about it from that way, I guess. Um, We're just not about fighting for what is politically feasible in this moment. We're about fighting for what we actually fucking need from the place of survival, from what it takes to exist as the human species and what it takes to protect the future of human civilization as we know it. That is the conversation that we are starting from. And unfortunately, for the last 40 years, um, a lot of our movements or academics or or folks have been largely confined to the realm of solutions, largely based on what the political context and circumstances are that we find ourselves in. And right now we're looking at, you know, a Trump administration that quite literally put a former um, fossil fuel CEO, the ex-CEO of ExxonMobil as Secretary of State, then mm-hmm. replaced him with a guy who is called the Congressman from Coke, as in the Koch brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I don't understand. What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> and, <sighs> uh, and we have a, you know, for previously watched the House and the Senate be completely overrun by a climate-denying GOP. And we're like, if we're talking about the solutions to the crisis based off of what is possibly politically feasible in this moment, we will get nothing done and humanity will perish. So I think what poises us to be the kind of organization that's actually going to change things in this country that's already significantly changed things in this country is that we're not afraid to call for the kinds of change that we actually need. I love that. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no dicking around anymore. Um, we there's are, no time for it. We are, we are out there's of time. no time for it. Um, uh, all right. So listen, we're just going to set up a little context here because one of the things you guys are driving towards uh, and, and some of your cohorts in Congress are driving towards is, is this thing called the uh, Green New Deal uh, is, is what we're calling it these days. Um, so just for some context for, for Americans who 
for whatever reason, don't involve themselves in history in any capacity. What is the New <laughs> Deal? So the New Deal was a just truly massive series of programs to drag us out of the Great Depression. Public work projects, financial reforms, uh, regulations enacted by President Franklin Roosevelt mostly started between 1933 and 1936, right? Um, so huge programs for farmers, uh, the unemployed, the elderly, and the youth. Uh, we put, the, for the first time, really constraints on banking. We we built in relief for the unemployed and the poor, which I know sounds insane today. Um, uh, and then, of course, we tried to be semi-proactive, which also sounds fucking insane, uh, to build in reforms to prevent another uh, depression. As is as is usual, some things never change. Most Republicans said it was hostile to business and economic growth. Uh, they weren't perfect. But uh, the next Republican president, Eisenhower, uh, actually built on it and greatly expanded Social Security, uh, minimum wage, public housing, highways, federal education aid, uh, and even... <laughs> Even said in a private letter, I found this, of any party that tried to abolish those things, quote unquote, oh, they are this. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> so they are it's stupid. It's the best quote. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, wow. like one of the greatest generals of all time and a fantastic Republican president, they are stupid. Um, <laughs> so anyways, now with some perspective, most people agree at the very least that at least it restored some hope and self-respect to millions of desperate people. I mean, we think the, the Great Recession was bad. I mean, it's just, it's nothing close. Yeah. But we also at the same time managed to upgrade our national infrastructure and didn't actually destroy capitalism, things that are really timely right now, because if you've ever been to a New York airport, you will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still might be asking yourself why we need another one of these today. And of course, the answers are plentiful. It's not just the many varied holes uh, we've dug for ourselves from, from that crumbling infrastructure uh, to the climate crisis we're talking today, but also the incredible opportunities to build an entirely new, more equal society on the backs of Clean energy jobs, for example, the fastest growing jobs on the planet. Uh, so you ask me how you want to make America great again. That That's where we start. So with that for some context, uh, w- let's talk about what the deal is with the Green New Deal. So where did the current incarnation of this term and and plan come from? And how did the push begin uh, as, it, as it sort of manifested itself? Was it was it before all these incredible women and smart scientists got elected to office? Was it as that was rolling on? Let us know how it gets started here so we can paint the structure, whatever yeah. the origin story. I mean, there's been a lot of people who've been talking about it for decades. I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like some of the concepts around it, you know, people like Ralph Nader were talking about. I, there's There was an article, um, Thomas Friedman has been talking about it for a while, who's an economist who, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't expect to be talking about in the ways that we are. Um, there are... Other folks like Bernie Sanders made it a central pillar of his platform when he was running for president. And obviously, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made it a central pillar of her platform when she was running for Congress. And there have been lots of people who have sort of echoed a lot of the sentiments of a Green New Deal in their run, um, especially around the 2018 elections, folks like Rashida Tlaib from Detroit, Ilhan Omar from Minnesota, Ayanna Presley from who's actually my representative in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people who've been really echoing the sentiment that we need a rapid, massive, honestly, what you could think about as a wartime-esque economic mm-hmm. mobilization that really utilizes the full scope and scale of all of our resources as a nation um, to turn this ship around to shift our politics and uh, avert what we're looking, what we're staring down at is, is straight up climate catastrophe. Um, there was this, the latest, you know, UN climate science that came out last late last year talks about how we have quite literally 12 years to make unprecedented changes to our economy and society if we want to avert crisis. That is not a lot of time, but we have seen the way in which our country has been able to mobilize vast amounts of resources, people, um, and, and really unleash the full potential of our creative and imaginative energy uh, in one of the lar- in what could be the one of the largest socioeconomic projects of our lifetime. So that's really what it's about. And it's about um, stopping the climate crisis, creating millions of good jobs for working people. And we'll have to fight really hard to make sure that those are good jobs. Um, 
and also, you know, the, the, the potential to eliminate poverty in this country and, and support people who have been historically left out of economic prosperity. Let me ask you a question. You, everyone says, oh, hey, look, you know, look, every time there's an election, CNN runs one of their fucking maps and it says, oh, look, if just millennials had voted, this is what would happen. It would have been overwhelming, <laughs> right? Yada, yada. We can't paint it all with a brushstroke, but it's a hell of a lot better than showing the map where what if just baby boomers have voted <laughs> and we just die. Um, uh. But So there's one sense where, where everybody in the middle here, the older millennials and Generation X, uh, says like, thank God for the millennials. They're going to save us all. Uh, and then there's the other side where you think kind of, well, what is what is the what is the pressure that that your generation feels of like that you have to clean up this fucking mess because no one else everyone else has caused it and ruined it and they're clearly not doing it themselves uh does that is it is it a feeling of we're excited to do this is it a feeling of get the hell out of the way and just let us do this because you've destroyed everything what does it feel like every day fighting for this yeah yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a little bit of all of the above. We are, yeah, like if we don't take action within a very narrow window, our generation, and frankly, every generation that comes after us is going to be cleaning up after the crisis. Like there are, I talk to like 16 year olds who are literally doing family planning around the climate crisis who are like, I'm not yeah. sure if I should have children or it's appropriate for me to start a family. 16 to be clear, they should not have children yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> different discussion, different podcast. Uh, have fun kids. Be safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Important clarification. Yeah. Um, right. But still, you know, we're like strapped with monumental amounts of, of student debt we are still experiencing the impacts of a wildly unequal, unequal world where, you know, it's tolerated that eight people own as much wealth as the bottom 3.5 billion, like that kind of absurdity. Um, and we're still seeing massive racial disparities. Um, and our generation still suffers from unemployment or under un, and underemployment at high rates. So we're really feeling that the, the, the the ne- we're sitting at the nexus of so many intersecting crisis- crises. And I think a lot of us are feeling super frustrated and pissed off at a generation, a political establishment. And I think both side on both sides of the political aisle, who we don't think actually represents us, we're frustrated at a- an older establishment that doesn't actually represents the represent the changing diversity and political ideology and um, interests of the, you know, especially in the Democratic Party, how that party's base has completely shifted from what it looks like at the top and in its leadership. And I think a lot of people are pissed off, but they're ready to take action. So I've just seen thousands and thousands and thousands of young people get involved in Sunrise since we did our first action in front of Nancy Pelosi's office uh, on November 13th when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez joined us. And I think that energy is coming from just seeing that there's a movement that they can actually be a part of, that they're not alone, that there are thousands of other people who are pissed off, ready to take action um, and join them. And that they're actually, for the first time, politicians who are willing and ready to be accountable to us, to fight tooth and nail for us in the halls of power and who are starting to actually reflect a more diverse, both racially and economically base within the Democratic Party. So just, I guess, a specific question on that point. So uh, speaking of of Representative uh, Ocasio-Cortez, who's incredible, um, and I just want to make her dictator for a day, uh, <laughs> She had this great tweet actually today, as much as we try to make these episodes a little more timely, which was, uh, she said, quote unquote, what is my life is one common thing that could have been said about both my life a year and a half ago when I was campaigning from a restaurant with 300 Twitter followers and now, uh, which is to say just, you know, radical change in what the hell am I doing and and what am I getting myself mm-hmm. caught up into <laughs> and is this where I want to be going? And and I kind of ask that of you, you know, do we're, you know, you're, you're, you're still so young, uh, but obviously ha- have such a position of, of influence and, and you've earned it and, and manifested that, uh, for yourself. But when you look back uh, five years ago, 
do you, do you say like, is this where I saw myself personally? Uh, or is this, is this what I have to do? Yeah. And is there a, a mix of those two things? Yeah. I think there's a sense that I couldn't I mean, really... you said, you sat in on Nancy Pelosi's office, yeah. you know, like on the first day of Congress, it's like, there must've been a moment of like, what the hell yeah. is going Whoa. on? What have I gotten myself <laughs> into? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's just a sense that at some level, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Um, I think what, when I started getting involved in organizing, I didn't give a shit about politics. I hated politics. I, it was depressing. Um, none of the people who I saw as talking heads on these news stations or, you know, representing me looked like me. Um, they didn't talk about things that I cared about. And I really avoided it for a really long time. Um, when I was 15 and, you know, like heard about some of the stuff that was happening in the world, like piles of trash, twice the size of Texas sitting in, uh, the ocean and choking out life, like millions of people going without food and water or the privatization of basic necessities and, and corporate abuse of, of people and workers. I was like, what the hell is wrong with our world? Like, why would we treat people like this? And why do we have a world where some people have so, so much and the vast majority of people have so little? And it felt like I just, it was a series of, it was like a series of falling into different situations where uh, every choice that I made just led me to feeling more and more empowered that I could actually change the world around me. I remember like, the this uh the moment that just like still makes me i think it was it might have been almost exactly 5 maybe 6 years ago i was invited i was on my college campus knew nothing about organizing knew nothing about protesting none of that um and this young woman on campus just invited me to be the mc of like some anti fracking rally that was happening on campus or something like that hmm. and i was literally like shaking, like shaking going up there and feeling so much fear and feeling so like I, all I had to do was talk in front of like a hundred students four days before finals. (laughs) It wasn't a big deal by any means. Um, and I remember just like the feeling of when she handed me the megaphone and I stood up in front of all of these people and this sort of like quiet came over me and I stopped shaking and looked at it 150 people in front of me and just felt the like greatest sense of power and joy that I have ever felt in my life. And that was five or six years ago, but it happened again right before I got, you know, was taking doing this action at Nancy Pelosi's office. Um, I don't know if you guys like roller coasters. I really do. But Thank what, you, it man, felt, <laughs> what it felt right before you know, doing that sit-in was it's like, okay, you know, that like 30 second, 30 seconds when you're going up the biggest hill and you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm strapped in for the ride. I can't get out. Cause there's like dozens of people here who are watching me and like hundreds below me who, you know, are definitely no turning, back. Me. No no turning, turning back. back. Um, and you get to the top and you're like, this is the scariest thing I've ever done, but <laughs> I hope to God that it's okay in the end and I survive. And that's exactly what it feels like every time we do one of these. It's like an adrenaline kick and like every single time of feeling immense fear um, and and like knowing that there's something that is much, much more important than it. And I think like what's more important than it is fighting for a world where people can actually like drink clean water and breathe fresh air and live free from violence and harm. I I love that, 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 that these things are more important than your fears. Absolutely. What a way to overcome them. Yeah. Brian, thank you for using your power for good, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) This conversation could be going a totally different direction. She was like, let's talk about oil (laughs) or kidnapping your son. Uh. Hey guys, it's Quinn. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you might be. 
and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. You can just search for Important Not Important on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Very convenient. And of course, you can follow us so you never miss an episode of Important Not Important. Uh, Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts, too. Okay, so so uh, uh, Green New Deal. What are some of the more specific platforms of of it? And obviously, there's a lot of work to do, but um, help you know, help me. I need, I need, I need help. Help me yeah, understand totally. what we're talking about here. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, what we're really talking about when we say a green new deal is it's an umbrella term for a set of policies and programs that get America off fossil fuels fast. Uh, create a lot of jobs, put a lot of people to work, and help to actually elevate and improve people's lives. Um, So some like very specific pillars for what we would need to see to really um, understand something as a Green New Deal is uh, a transition to 100% renewable energy. And we're calling for that by 2030, which is in line with the latest UN climate scientists uh, say is necessary. So that's like massive deployment of like renewable energy um, and increasing like a lot of our production capacity to meet our national power demand. And it looks like a job guarantee that actually grants every person who wants or needs one a job to do the really hella important work of of, uh, averting climate catastrophe. Thank you for using that technical term. (laughs) yeah absolutely um Mm -hmm. and then it looks like really centering racial and economic justice in all of this ensuring that there's massive investment in communities on the front lines of uh climate crisis so communities of color low-income communities that have historically been disenfranchised and left out of economic prosperity through the years And that also looks like a just transition for workers in the fossil fuel sector. Um, It looks like a just transition for people who are already experiencing the impacts of a warming world um, and will experience more because there's obviously warming that will inevitably occur no matter how fast we act on this timeline. So those are some of the like biggest components of it. Um, There's a lot, lot more. And I really encourage folks... um, there's going to be more and more content coming out, but if you go to Ocasio 2018 backslash GND, you can see the uh, resolution that she put forward uh, that coincided with our sit-in on November 13th that really includes sort of like a blueprint for what a Green New Deal is. Awesome. I love that. And so, Brian, this is a good moment to remind you. Remember I asked you to read the book Checklist Manifesto? Yes, I do remember About that. going down a list and knocking things off. This is yep. a good list for you to start with. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>, casual. <laughs> casual. Casual. Super specific. Ease right in. No obstacles. Thank you, Quinn. Yeah, you're welcome. No, thank her. Don't thank me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Vashini. Sorry, Quinn. Uh, all right. So um, so what is the uh, Sunrise Movement's role in uh, in building support uh, you know, for a deal like this? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, and and, sorry, and why is the youth so important? Uh huh. Yes. So, what we're really trying to do is build the public, like basically build the um, political power and the people power such that something like a Green New Deal becomes a political inevitability in 2021 or beyond. Um, So we're working to build like a very large, very active vocal base of public support of people who are just clamoring for a Green New Deal and laying the groundwork for a lot of the base building and support that we'll need to pass something like this and push our politicians to pass something like this uh, when we, you know, have slightly more favorable political circumstances. What do you mean? Um, What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the second thing is building political power. So actually getting like a critical mass of enthusiastically supportive public officials who are going to stand for the DNA, the Green New Deal and go hard for it and campaign on it. And then also fight really hard 
um, for it, the way in which like Rashida and Alexandria and Ayana have been doing, um, even in the like couple of weeks that they've been uh, actual congresswomen. Um, and then, you know, really ensuring that we build the kind of power with other movement groups, think tanks and institutions and working alongside hundreds of other groups so that when the time comes, we can actually build the governing coalition that we need um, to pass these types of sweeping massive policies, uh, including, you know, a Green New Deal, but also including things like Medicare for all and a livable wage and, and so many other progressive stuff that we really desperately need. So that is what we're doing. And a lot of the strategy for 2019 is to ensure that the Green New Deal stays actively in the public discourse and making sure that it is something that gets talked about constantly during the presidential debates, that any politician who's running for office gets measured on whether they are backing a Green New Deal or not, that it's become like a real litmus test for politicians who say uh, they care about young people and our futures. Um, and then 2020, we're going to actually be running a, what we hope will be the nation's largest youth political force um, to actually elect climate champions to office and kick out politicians that have been bought off by fossil fuel money and have halted progress for years. Wouldn't it be great if during a presidential election, at least one fucking nominee would talk about global warming totally. like it matters? Well, like <sighs> if they asked a question about it. I don't even know if there was... Look, look, I mean, look, it's look like, don't get ahead of yourself, <laughs> all right? It's a bit much. I think it was like one point, literally less than 2% of the total time spent in the presidential debates last election cycle was spent on climate change. 2%. And we know there were a lot of fucking... <sighs> Like there were a lot of debates, you know. Yeah, so, so many, yeah. so many. Yeah. Uh, I saw something the other day. It said, uh, "Oh, the Democrats are going to have something." It's like seventeen debates, and I was like, "Great, that's just <laughs> wow. so great." Uh, so, uh, real talk. You you mentioned uh, building towards more favorable uh, political circumstances, which is such a gentle professional way of putting it. I appreciate yeah, thank you, you bringing some legitimacy to this shit show. So we've got, let's be realistic, minimum like 23 months until we officially take back uh, the White House and hopefully the Senate and, and have our very first real chance of actually passing a version of this collection of things under the banner of, of Green New Deal, right? Yes. So good news is, as much as we are in a huge rush because the clock is ticking, uh, there's nobody going, we need to pass this thing tomorrow. Let's just do the bare minimum and get it done, right? It does give us plenty of time to hopefully sort out a lot of details, to find people to, like you said, take the place in 2020 of the people who uh, won't stand behind this thing uh, or or stand against it, right? Bad news, again, the clock's fucking ticking and there's a hell of a lot of potential stumbling blocks along the way. Totally. So I'm curious where this early... Uh, it's always I, I find it's always helpful to 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 try to sort these things out ahead of time uh, in in some capacity. Uh, where do you see us running into specific issues over the next year and a half? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, honestly, I think you're totally hitting the nail on the head by saying, you know, anything that 45 signs is not going to be anything close to uh, substantive policy that's actually going to get us away from the train wreck that we are heading towards. So um, it does actually give us a lot of room to do the kind of groundwork, foundational building to actually get a shit ton of public support behind something like this and a ton of politicians not pushing for some sort of like lowest common denominator policy, but actually the one that's the most in line with the climate science um, and the most ambitious thing that we could push for. So. That is going to be a major project over the next two years. I think there's going to always be uh, the issue of the Democratic establishment not wanting to, like, like, basically missing an opportunity to actually energize a base of young people and also just like a base of people who want to see the Democratic Party do something uh, that's actually visionary and bold and actually in line with what we need them to do. We're going to survive the next uh, 100 years. And 
that is going to be a big obstacle. So we've already seen the way in which um, after the the campaign for to get a select committee for a Green New Deal, uh, which is just a kind of bureaucratic way of saying um, to get Congress to start to draft a plan for a Green New Deal over the course of 2019. We saw that Speaker Pelosi and Democratic leadership completely shot that down and created a select committee for the climate crisis that has no subpoena power, that uh, allows fossil fuel funded politicians to sit on the committee, that doesn't include a mandate to draft a plan and is like woefully inadequate for uh, what this moment in history calls for. So we're already up against this democratic establishment that is not changing as fast as uh, the base of the Democratic Party is and what they want to see from the party as well. So that's definitely going to be an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, Old white guys, check. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. uh, the GOP, another, yeah, unfortunately, it seems like maybe all of this is going to be old white guys. But anyway, like the look, GOP look, is uh, also... Uh, The GOP is also going to be a really big obstacle, um, largely because uh, they are best friends with the fossil fuel corporations that are jeopardizing our future. Um, I think it's something like upwards of 80% of the amount of fossil fuel money uh, that was donated to candidates in 2018 and also in 2016 went to GOP uh, candidates. And that is not surprising, not surprising given yeah. that the GOP has completely embraced climate denialism um, as their like, yeah, their their number one well, strategy. It's not even like they're best friends. It's like the calls coming from inside the exactly. fucking house. Like half exactly. the time, these people, that's their actual fucking job, you know? Right. It's like, you know, the uh, Wheeler getting interviewed for the EPA job. You're just like, what the oh, that was kind so of incredible. fucking universe are we living in? Very totally. I mean, the Secretary of State um, has the distinct honor of having received the all-time uh, highest amount of oil and gas money ever for a congressperson. Um, he was literally the lapdog, was like trained up and developed by the Koch brothers in um, in Wichita. And like just is, yeah, it, it's just absurd that those are the people who are at the helm of our country and who are responsible for setting our cl- international climate negotiations and climate policy. Um so it's just it's it's the way in which the the collusion and and the lack of separation between oil and state is going to be one of the biggest pitfalls and and downfalls and if if the democratic that's why one of the things that we're really holding up as a litmus test we did this in 2018 and also we'll be doing it in 2020 for politicians is like will you say no to uh fossil fuel money in your um in your campaigns and we've seen that people in both sides of the aisle are really concerned about the massive influx of corporate money in our politics. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. I mean, uh, Citizens United just, uh, <laughs> all I think back is to that moment where Obama was, was it State of the Union? And he, uh, he, he lashed out at Citizens United and Judge Alito was shaking his head. And I was just like, oh, this, this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. Like the whole fucking thing's coming crumbling down. Um, so, so, uh, Varshini, we like to help our listeners uh, get involved with uh, their voice, their vote, and their dollar. Uh, at this stage uh, uh, in the in the process, what are the best ways uh, for our listeners to get involved with their voice? Yes. Uh, right, which is, w- there's no election right now, which is shocking yeah. and kind of fucking nice for a minute. <laughs> but so, so I guess in the, in the, yeah, in that respect, like what are the big actionable questions like the rest of us should be asking of our representatives now that we have some that we, that look like us and we can believe in? Sure. Well, I am very excited because in just two weeks from now, we are going to be launching the campaign for a Green New Deal. And what's really exciting about this is that you can basically fight for a Green New Deal any place that you are in the United States. We have had literally 100, um, like 100 plus chapters of Sunrise, what we call Sunrise Hubs, launch in the last two months. Super exciting. Yeah. So you can go on our website, sunrisemovement.org, and either join a hub or start one. But we're going to be hosting a massive um, live stream on February, I think it's 5th, that uh, you should feel free, that you can go online and sign up 
uh, to join that's actually going to lay out the strategy for how you can pressure policymakers in your own community um, to back a Green New Deal and build the public support for this nationally as well. So that is that's huge. Awesome. Yeah. And we're there's a couple more things. Oh, my God, there's so many exciting things. We are launching a massive 15 city tour called the Road to a Green New Deal, which is going to include some of these like rock stars of the the new faces of the Democratic Party, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and more. Um, it's going to include like artists and influencers and movement leaders. And what we're really trying to do is spread the message about the Green New Deal and make sure that every single person who can hears about it um, and gets involved and provide people with the training and resources to run local campaigns for a Green New Deal as well. So that is coming maybe to a place near you if you're watching this, if you're listening to this. Um, And you can check it out also on our website, sunrisemovement.org. And the last thing I will give a pitch for is we are going to be trying... The thing you said about the presidential debates sucking up all of the attention for the next two years is extremely real, and it's going to start in full swing in May, June, July. We are going to ensure that the Green New Deal remains a top issue in the presidential debates for the entirety of this campaign cycle. And so we're calling for the largest popular demonstration at a presidential debate for one of the first ones that's going to be happening this summer, probably in June. And you can actually sign up to attend that action already because we want to put our politicians on notice that we're ready, we're coming. And that is found also at sunrisemovement.org. So it sounds to me like you guys are planning on fizzling out, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, was a, it was a good run, and we'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so awesome. This is also a great uh, moment to remind listeners, uh, and I don't know if you are familiar with this group at all, but they're fucking great, the people and the product, uh, fivecalls.org. Um, they are started as a website, uh, back before the election, uh, when the healthcare stuff was going on, uh, when we were all praying McCain would vote thumbs down, uh, on that. Um, it's great. And now they've turned into an app. You just mash your fat fingers against it and, and they basically (laughs) use your, you put in a zip code or use your position, uh, use your position. I mean, talk words today, use your location, uh, and it'll pull up your representatives and you pick an issue and it gives you the text and you mash the phone number and you leave a message. If you don't want to actually talk to somebody you can call in the middle of the fucking night, they still count the messages and you just click whether you talk to them or not. And it is the easiest way, uh, to, to talk to folks about issues like that. So, um, maybe I can find a way to connect you guys to make sure that, uh, a specific green new deal stuff is constantly in there because I feel like, uh, you guys could really stir some shit up together. That's awesome. Um, yeah. The, the second pillar where we try to uh, drive action again is is your vote. We're not voting right now again, but it's obvious that when the time comes uh, for now, because it's starting, uh, supporting, galvanizing, and voting for folks who have been working on this deal or to, if they're not already in Congress, supporting this deal, or at the very least publicly supporting it uh, will be key. Uh, so last tenant is, what about their dollar? What should yeah. people be doing with their hard-earned money right now? Oh, my God. I have a place for you. You can donate to Sunrise. It's been amazing. We have just seen this massive influx of small donations from people from every corner of the country. It means the world to us. It makes the biggest difference. Um, People donating to us like can get us buses to, you know, ship a group of 65 high schoolers from Kentucky to DC, which did in fact happen last fall. It allows us to print thousands of um, flyers to get the word out about our actions. It allows us to, um, you know, support our digital platforms, which we use to communicate with thousands of people across the country. Really, really important. So if you want to donate, you can go to our website, which is sunrisemovement.org backslash donate. If you want a really quick way to get there, but we're also on Venmo at at Sunrise MVMT. Um, Or if you really want to cut us a check, let us know. You can email team. Oh, you guys take checks? What's a a check? Yeah, we take checks if you really... If you really want to, nobody under forty. Knows yeah, I was going to say, is. do you know what to do with the check, though? Uh, That's why I said Venmo first. You know, <laughs> you can't just like stick it into your phone. I mean, I guess now you can. I think you can you take might, a picture. You can take a photo. Yeah, but oh, then nobody no, over forty knows what Venmo is, so you got to get them all. You know? oh, oh my god, just, it's, it's happening, happening too fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So this is also a good moment and, and other people I would love to, uh, to connect you with. And if you haven't already, because clearly you don't need us uh, to mention the group uh, run for something started yes. by some incredible women uh, specifically, but we've been telling our listeners this. And since we're starting a whole new thing of this, just fucking just go, run for yeah, something, yeah. whether it is your city council, because uh, you will feel and, and touch climate uh, change closest at home, uh, whether it's air you breathe or the water you drink or the heat you're feeling. Um, or, or something bigger, whether it's mayor or it's, or it's a county or it's a school board or it's, or it's state legislatures. We're trying to take those back. Uh, were, were you excited by 2018's results, kids? <laughs> Do you want to have a hand in creating a world-changing piece of legislation? Fucking run for something, right? Um, yes, so, totally. again, uh, putting together as many of these pieces as possible um, so the organizations like yours can amplify them is totally. is the way to go. And, Even something like student council. Like, if um, you're a kid and you want it, like, go, like, start there. Right. But, hey, you know, but if you're a white guy, maybe well, not if run for something.net. Maybe yeah, go yeah. to the wrong website and, and don't do it. But everybody yeah, and else, I would great. also say, you know, I love run for something. They're great. And they've supported people who, you know, one of my friends actually ran for state rep in Wisconsin and won and, and was supported by them. Nice. Um, and I also will put in a, a quick plug also for Justice Democrats, who actually helps through their candidate recruitment process, uh, her, found Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because her brother just nominated her on a whim. Um, and then look at where she is. So, <laughs> I encourage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I encourage you to look them up because they are going through another candidate recruitment process for 2020 right now and looking for nominations. So if you well, want to run for Congress or you know somebody who would be great but isn't going to nominate themselves, check out Justice Democrats. Right. And from what I understand, you will drive a bus to their house and pick them up. Is that the gist of it? (laughs) Right. The sunrise bus, I think. Um, We we may back you. Yeah. yeah. You may bring an army of young people to your home. So that's what got that. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, okay, Varshini, we know that you have to run, uh, uh, and thank you so, so very much for being here with us today. This has really been such an awesome conversation. Yes. So fun. Thank you. Uh, do you, any, anybody else that we should talk to any, uh, any of these amazing civic leaders that you're teaming up with? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was a blast. Um, yeah. yeah. It really, so it if really you have was. any recommendations now or later, we're, we, we find about half our guests that way because it's smart people. Yeah. Yeah, what are you kind of looking for? Like people on the tech uh, I mean, show? honestly, yeah. anything it's 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 people who are affecting uh the world in a hugely uh positive way, uh either now or in the next 10 years. Working on one of these issues from climate to science to to space to water to oceans to uh to medicine. Again, doesn't have to be right now, but think about those people. I'm sure cool. you know way more of them than we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure yeah. that I can find somebody for yeah, you. Whenever you have a chance. Young people, ladies, people of color, all better. Cool. Um, all right. So listen, hey, last lightning round before you get out of here. Uh, Varshini, when was the first time in your life uh, when you, and you might've talked about this with the megaphone, when you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? There's another time. The first action I ever went to was like a massive protest against the Keystone XL pipeline when I, I think it was 2013 and it was January it was, I swear to God, like negative five degrees outside in Washington, D.C. They expected like 10,000 people to show up and 40,000 people showed up. And wow. I have never, I was never so hype before in my life. And I'd never really been a part of campaigns or anything like that. But in that moment, I was like, I went right back home. I joined the UMass fossil fuel divestment campaign. And after I have not stopped organizing a day since. So awesome. That's awesome. Hey, who is someone in your life that has positively impacted your work in the past six months? Oh, there's so many. Got to pick one. Can't say Brian. Okay. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would just say my mom, this is lame. I, I, people always know it's not lame. Moms are the best. best. All right. Just making sure. I was like, I feel like everybody must say their mom. My mom is the first one to favorite every one of my tweets. We love our moms. I know my mom, because like in the midst of everything, I think this has been such a wild ride. It's been up and down. It's been stressful. It's been scary. It's been inspiring. And she's the one who has, just taught me more than anybody how to bring some sense of balance, groundedness, the foundations of a healthy and joyful life. And 
it doesn't matter what you do to change the world if you're not joyful inside. So I just am really grateful for that and and really strive for that every day. Moms are the best. If anybody says otherwise, they're wrong. They're, they're wrong. Really we'll are. come after him on the Sunrise bus. Um, Varshini, <laughs> what do you do when you feel overwhelmed, specifically? Ooh, what do I do when I feel overwhelmed? I, mm-hmm. I probably meditate. Nice. Yep, yeah, I meditate. Um, I have a dance party. For, yeah, I love dance parties. Um <laughs> Any wait 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 hold on I know you got to go but this is what song like what what are we talking about what kind of, are we talking Prince um, or are we talking like Cardi B t- Cardi B sure yeah. Cardi. okay yeah how very topical considering yeah, yeah. she just put out a great anti shutdown <laughs> yeah. video yeah um, and like awesome. probably you know cry to my friends or something oh yeah well no we're all crying all the time. yeah it's yeah. fine <laughs> uh, uh, Varshini if you could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump what would that book be oh mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we'll let you go seriously. Oh my God, this is a really hard question. Assume that he will read it. I like that he will read it. Yeah. We've um, had coloring books, we've had the Constitution. Where do we go from here, Martin Luther King? Oh, Boom. so good and timely. Boom. Yeah, that book is just incredible. It is incredible. Um, all right, last question. You're the greatest. Where can our listeners follow you in Sunrise online? Yes, so you can follow Sunrise. Uh, I've said our website name too many times on here, but sunrisemovement.org. And then across mm-hmm. any social media platform, it's Sunrise MVMT, Facebook, okay. Twitter, Instagram. And you can follow me at Varsh Prakash, V-A-R-S-H-P-R-A-K-A-S-H on Twitter. And then I think I made that mis- rookie mistake of making it my full name on Instagram, but I'm not. That <laughs> oh, so Brian just dealt with this. It was not, not pretty. <laughs> yeah, we all, um, we all go through it. <laughs> you're incredible. We cannot thank you. Your bus is literally pulling away. Yeah. We no. can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, you're the best. Let's do this again. Uh, and please keep kicking ass out there and, and let us know how we can help. Yes, thank you. This has been yeah. so fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, it has. All right, get thank out of you. here. Safe thank travel. You. Take care. Run. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our incredible guest today, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. (laughs) And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jam and music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks.